Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Aaron Murray, Mark Rick, Rennie Curran, Brandon Boykin, Malcolm Mitchell, Keith Marshall, Kamari Lasseter, John Fitzpatrick, Michael Bennett. Welcome in, Dog Nation. Another episode, UJ Football Live with JC Shelton on the Pulse Sports Network. If you're watching on YouTube um, and wherever you get your podcast, we appreciate you clicking that play button. Uh, we got some major news out of Athens this past week. Let's break this down. We got Mike Bobo in as offensive coordinator for Georgia. Todd Monken goes to the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. Three seasons in Athens, two national titles as offensive coordinator. If, you, if you've been following along, you know this is not exactly surprising. As Monken had interviews with multiple NFL teams this offseason, ultimately the Ravens is where he, where he picked. I think that works out well for him. I mean, the, the the talent that the Ravens have on offense with Lamar, Jack and Jack, Lamar Jackson, uh, Mark Andrews, that offensive line, what they're able to do in the run game, it, it kind of re- resembles Georgia's strengths, right? So a good move for Monken. Georgia immediately promoted Mike Bobo to OC in the same day. Of course, former Georgia offensive coordinator for eight seasons, 2007 to 2014 under Mark Richt. Coach guys like Matt Stafford, Aaron Murray, friend of the show. Appreciate you, Aaron. I don't think it's a coincidence that Kirby Smart made this move so quickly. Bobo comes in last year as an analyst after spending a season at Auburn as their OC. Uh, His son comes in as a freshman offensive lineman last year as well in the same offseason. Other than starting an OC search, Kirby promotes Bobo the same day as Monken leaves. It really points that this was kind of in the in the works, right? In the plans, maybe for a while now, as Monken had had interviews the last two seasons. And instead of start, starting that search, relies on his former roommate, former Georgia quarterback, and the same teams Kirby Smart played with in Athens, as a guy who has a lot of offensive coordinator experience, head coaching experiment experience with Colorado State comes in and in, from analyst position and steps right into the role with a similar offensive background, of course. Um, I, I think it's a good move, and we'll break down why I think that. You know, Monken has had NFL interest the last two seasons, so if you bring in a guy like Mike Bobo with all that offensive coordinating experience um, just to be an analyst, and then with Monken taking as many interviews as he did at his age, I mean, the NFL makes more sense for him. You don't have to recruit the travel as much. So I think that was one of the reasons Kirby Smart chose him. The other one is is the offensive schematically, the differences between Monken and Bobo's system are few and far between. Uh, both pro style with, with spread tendencies. Of course, Monken is more that spread tendency uh, offensive coordinator and play caller. Bobo brings in a lot of the same things there with his experience. Um, and then you look at the talent. Georgia has always said they work with what they got, right? Um, and I, I think that's going to be no different moving forward. I mean, that's Kirby Smart's mantra. That's what he talks about all the time. Take what the defense gives you, and we'll use our play makers uh, to the best of their ability. So I, mean, I think when you look at it here um, and what Georgia has returning, it's going to be fine, guys. Uh, for all those Mike Bobo haters, listen, it's going to be okay. Georgia's not going to score 25 points a game next year. Okay, I know we scored 42 points per game, one of the best offenses in Georgia history, a year ago, but the talent you have returning 
Um, I don't think it should be a concern to Dog Nation. I have seen that, of course. I have seen you guys uh, really mention that Bobo might not be the right move here. I would say who else? I would say who is that guy you wanted in? Um, because there's not a lot. I, I think that the, the major coaching moves have already came and gone for this next season. And I think that was from what we've what we've seen with Kirby Smart and what he's able to do in, with coaching staffs. I think that was kind of the premeditated plan here. Guys, leads you promote just like when Dan Lanning left. Who do we? What do we do on that coordinator position? Muschamp and Glenn Schumann, two guys with a lot of experience. Muschamp, obviously, that DC experience, and Glenn Schumann has one of the best linebackers coach in the college football. Um, Muschamp, of course, former Georgia Bulldog as well. So now you have a former Georgia Bulldog coach, OC and DC, among others, in, in this coaching staff. I think we need to focus on what former players and coaches think of Bobo. And it's literally all positive, I promise. Uh, if you followed our show long enough, you've heard multiple Bobo players on this show rave about him as a play caller, as a person, as a man, as a as a, a uh, motivator for his players. And it's funny, I read something from Hudson Mason, who does some work with 680 to the fan now, former Georgia quarterback under Bobo and Mark Richt. He said one of the things that people don't know as much about Bobo is because Maybe the times it, we, things didn't get leaked on social media as much like they do now, but we've always heard those Kirby Smart locker room pep talks, right? We says Bobo was that guy under Mark Rick. Bobo was going to get your get you ready to run through that brick wall like Kirby Smart does now. So it's that passion that he has for Georgia and football that I think really promotes and it will help this offense keep going and keep improving and keep that mindset of not taking your foot off the gas, right? Um, and I think that what he was able to do with Aaron Murray, Todd Gurley, Keith Marshall, uh, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, and those guys in the run game is going to benefit as well. You have a guy like Kendall Milton who is just ready to be used, right? We've seen he led the SEC in yards per carry by running back this past season, battled some injuries, of course, and Kenny McIntosh had a great year ahead of him. And he's battled to have those starting roles um, with upperclassmen in in, in Georgia. What he's going to be asked to do this next year is going to be huge for Kendall Milton. I'm excited to see what he does. I think Bobo will only benefit um, from having Kendall Milton and Milton in reverse. Milton benefiting from having Bobo come in as a run offensive coordinator, what he was able to do with with uh, uh, past running backs in the run game and multiple 1,000-yard rushers. Mocking never had a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, passing was our strength, and we used it. We're still going to have that strength. I think, you know, what what he's able to do with uh, inline blocking and from the tight ends um, in the past is going to be really similar to what Monken and Georgia was already doing. Um, I think where the negative takes that I've seen on Bobo here from Dog Nation is kind of focusing on what he did with South Carolina and Auburn, right? He spent years as offensive coordinator for South Carolina and then, of course, Auburn in 2021 before coming over to Georgia this past season. Absolutely bull to me to really bring up this experience as a comparison. Horrible. Offensive line coach Stacey Searles, here's an example. Stacey Searles comes back to Georgia last offseason, spent three seasons at North Carolina under Mac Brown. In 2021, North Carolina was ranked one of the last programs in the country in sacks allowed, right? Immediately the next season, comes to Georgia, 15-0, and national championship, of course, O-line led by Cyril's allowed nine sacks the entire season, which was third in the country. And the first two teams on that list only played 13 games. 
So what does that point to? Talent, elite coaching staffs around you. Um, compare that with with Bobo and what he had on those teams with coaching and talent, major rebuild, rebuilding stages for both of those programs at the time. It's not even close to what we have at Georgia right now. Both of those programs, not even close. And I think Georgia having those six returning starters on an offense that scored the 42 a game, almost 42 a game, including your top two receivers, along with your second and third leading rusher, plus an all-SEC center in Cedric Van Pran, both starting guards and a tackle of Marius Mims with a lot of playing experience and starting experience due to injury this past season. On top of that, you have talent. You have two receivers that came in the transfer portal and Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas who led their SEC teams in receiving last year. They're healthy. They're ready to contribute. What they're going to be able to add to this passing attack, especially with a new coordinator in here, a new quarterback, um, a lot of turnover there, and it's major turnover, right? Because you lose Stetson. But anytime you lose a quarterback, major questions. So we have to see how Carson Beck is going to deal with this. I expect him to win the job. I think that what we've seen from him, I mean, he has the most reps at any other Georgia quarterback other than Stet over the last two seasons. He's played well when he's given those opportunities, but he hasn't been in pressure situations. He hasn't. He hasn't had to step in win a game. He hasn't had to step in and convert a third and long so you can get some points on the board before halftime, anything like that, right? So we have to see how he responds to pressure. Does he step up like Stetson Bennett did? I've heard him talk about that. That's one thing that he learned from Stetson Bennett um, and his time backing him up. Can he do that on the field, right? Can that translate? Um, we have to see that. And we'll, we'll learn that through spring ball and really ultimately in the season, right? We'll have to get in the SEC schedule and see if he can build that. I don't think there's something that just comes naturally. I think you have to build that, and I think that we are going to see if Georgia is able to play well and Carson Beck plays to his strengths, we're going to see that develop over the season. And hopefully by the postseason, Carson Beck has that confidence um, in himself and his team to be able to play under pressure well and make the plays when needed. But you have that that talent returning on offense. And then on coaching, look at the coaching staff for Georgia on offense. Monk is the only guy that left there. You have Dale McGee coaching running backs, one of the best in the country as a recruiter as well. Also running the run game, he's run game coordinator. Along that same line, Brian McClendon, receiver coach, former Bulldog there, um, leads the passing game, coaching receivers. Todd Hartley, one of the best tight end coaches in the country as a recruiter and what he's able to do in, in helping with the 12 personnel that Georgia has come to know in the last two seasons with Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers. Washington moves on. You have Oscar Delp and Two, really, two of the top 10 tight ends in the country coming in um, as recruits. And then Stacey Searles, who I've already mentioned, has some, re- has some returning starters there. Bobo will be able to delegate responsibilities and, and focus on calling plays you know, and coaching Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, and Gunnar Stockton. There isn't much from a, a basic schematic level, like, like I've said, that Bobo's done differently than Mocking. And what I've been hearing is that the verbiage is not going to change between these two coordinators. So this this transition that George is going to go through on offense is not going to have to do deal with entirely new verbiage, which if you ask former players, that's one of the hardest things to learn in a new offense is that verbiage. So instead of bringing in some offensive coordinator from a different team, albeit maybe they were great at what they did at that program, instead of bringing in an entirely different new offense and having to learn new verbiage all in the one offseason, bring in recruits and have to teach them this verbiage that you don't even know that well, Instead of that, we have Bobo coming in, who, who's been familiar with the verbiage used as, as an analyst, obviously, and helping in game preparation. 
this past season, and he, he knows this. So I think that is a very big thing that we need to realize and make sure that we're taking note of here when we're talking about this this transition. Um, a blocking scheme on the same lines is very similar. Utilizing tight ends, and and I, like I already said about Kendall Milton in this run game, I think it will be bolstered here. I'm excited to see what this run game can do. Um, and then the talent there we already mentioned on, on offense as far as the receivers go. So I'm not saying this offense is going to look the exact same. That's not what I'm saying. But the blueprint is there, and like I said, the verb is not changing, and the coaching staff and using McGee and McClendon there, I think, and, and Cyril's, I think it's going to be big for for Georgia's offense, uh, being able to stay where we're at and improve and keep making those big plays that win big games, right? So Georgia, it's made its name by not allowing points as well on defense, and I think that even benefits Bobo more. I mean, wh- what level of defense did Georgia play when Monken was coordinator? I mean, not Monken, but when Bobo was coordinator from 07 to 14, not nearly what Georgia does now. I mean, they were that defense for Georgia was giving up 25-plus under Bobo a game. Not even close, right? So let's see what this defense can do and how that translates to help Bobo out as a play caller in this offense in general. Um, let, let's talk about this defense. I'm excited to watch a few guys here that had great freshman seasons last year and excited what they can do in 2023 in more prominent roles, right? And, and to start with Michael Williams. as It's interesting because we heard from former Georgia tight end John Fitzpatrick on this show last year before spring ball. John was headed to the NFL draft, had a conversation with him, and I asked him, I said, what is a guy that Dog Nation may not be aware of? Maybe he's an early enrollee. Maybe he's a guy who hasn't had his chance on defense that Georgia fans should be watching for immediately. Michael Williams. He said he reminded him so much of Trayvon Walker, obviously the number one overall pick last season. And Williams really showed out, and it, it made John, Fitzpractic, John Fitzpatrick make a lot of sense there. Uh, true freshman last year, freshman All-American, former four-star recruit, led the Bulldogs in sacks, quarterback hurries, only started, though, two regular season games. And with the injuries there, Nolan Smith um, and then uh, Robert Robert Beal, Chaz Chambliss in, in the postseason there, he got a lot more reps, um, and he played really well. And he was a major reason for that de- those defensive stands uh, versus Ohio State. Um, the, the injuries, I think – I'd never want anybody to get injured, but it might have been a great benefit for Georgia in the future having Michael have to step in, play under pressure – um, and show what he had learned since being an early enrollee in this Georgia system. And he played played out of his mind, played way beyond of experience. So I'm excited about him and seeing what he can do as a starter, I'm expecting, in 23. So him and, and, and Chaz Chambliss and Tramel Walthour are going to have to step up on the edge. Malachi Starks, huge season, right? Also a freshman All-American. He's a guy I'm really excited to watch. We have Christopher Smith, All-American, senior, He's moving on in the NFL draft. Um, so it's going to be Malachi Starks in that back end, third on the team in tackles, led in pass breakups, second in interceptions as a freshman. I have a lot of responsibilities there in the back end. I'm excited to see who steps up there. Dan Jackson um, as a guy who who has had some starting roles and starting games in that last season, of course, had that foot injury. What, what will his foot injury look like? Will he have? Um, any sustained issues with that in spring ball to see how that goes and how much he's able to rep and if he's full go uh, by the summer. 
I think that's uh, that's one thing Kirby Smart always says. If you can't practice, you're not going to play. Um, so I want to see how Dan Jackson, how much he is able to go. Um, another guy I'm excited to see uh, get a more prominent role is Bear Alexander. Defensive lineman, interior, was really disruptive in the postseason. Had some injuries there in the beginning of the season and recovered and then played really well in that postseason. Quarterback hurries, and that's so important for a defensive line is to get that interior pressure because that's a quarterback killer. Pressure in the face, make you get off your spot, um, interrupts timing, and then you have to get outside and make something happen. It's hard for quarterbacks, and that interior pressure is very key. And that's Jalen Carter has been the guy doing that. Him and, of course, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt last year. But Jalen Carter has been a force in the interior. So who steps up there? I mean, there's it is a deep position. You know, Tyron Ingram, Dawkins, Zion Logue returning as well. Something I'll be watching closely in spring ball is how these incoming freshmen play. There's talent everywhere in this class. We might see players like Starks and Williams from a year ago really step in and contribute right away. So you, you never know who's the, who that's going to be. You can make estimations, but you never know who that's going to be until spring ball and, and ultimately the beginning of the season to see how many reps these young players get and how the coaches trust them. Um, G-Day is scheduled for April 15th. Spring practice will start the week of March 14th. So right around the corner, right around the corner. Next up, NFL Combine. Georgia has 12 invites there. So be on the lookout for coverage from Indianapolis starting February 28th. And speaking of NFL, um, I want to add this in before we get out. You know, Stetson Bennett, I read his draft profile uh, via NFL.com this past week. Interesting to me is the size comparison, right? Because we knew that was the supposed one of the weaknesses of Stetson Bennett's draft profile and draft hopes here um, as we head to the 23 NFL draft. Bryce Young and his size are really comparable to Stetson Bennett. And that's interesting to me because you don't hear as much about Bryce Young's size and, and the issues there because he's what he's been able to do as a quarterback at college and in Alabama and that at that level. Um, I'm not saying he's not a great passer. He is. He's shown that. But if you're going to bring up Stetson Bennett's size as a major weakness, and it should be Bryce Young's as well. And I saw an NFL mock draft, I think it was from NFL Network, that had the Colts trading up to take Bryce Young at number one. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what Bryce Young is measured at I mean, Stetson Bennett's, what, 5'11"? That's what he's listed at. Um, What will he uh, be measured at? And then Bryce Young. I think he's ever bit of 5'10", from what I'm hearing from Alabama hopeful. Um, And I I don't think that's going to bode well for Bryce Young. How does that compare? How do these guys perform in the NFL combine? That's what I want to see. I want to see how Stetson Bennett's able to show that arm. Um, There are some strengths, and and some strengths are there for Stetson Bennett's legs, of course. He's, He's very fast when he decides to tuck the ball elusive with his feet in the pocket as well, throws receivers open, um, um, uh, puts receivers in great spots, has good touch and intermediate throws. Um, One of the big strengths that NFL.com outlined was his ability to play in a pressure situations. What I was talking about earlier with Carson Beck having to do, Stetson Bennett was really, really good at that, playing well in big games, um, not hurting your team in those big games, um, and playing well under pressure. That's a strength that NFL.com outlined. And if you want to hear more about that or read more about that, UJWire.com has an article out right now I wrote earlier today outlining what that NFL.com report was. Um, So if you want to see more strengths and weaknesses, check that out. Um, But I want to see how those two compare um, and how they they show out in the NFL combine. I, I expect Stetson Bennett to really perform in this combine 
especially run fast. I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. Um, he, he was really fast this past season to get clocked the highest speeds he did, even better than 21. Um, so I think that his ability to use his legs and play in those pressure situations is what you want out of an NFL backup quarterback. I mean, you look at Heineke for the Washington Commanders this last season. A guy had to step in with injuries to Carson Wentz um, and played really well, won them games. And he played within himself. He played up to the competition, right? He didn't let that um, cloud his mind and affect his ability. Um, he played like a true backup quarterback. He used his feet at times to get first downs. Um, he didn't hurt his team. And that b- ability to play in pressure situations is something that Stetson Bennett has done so well in his career. The most, well, the, the most decorated college football playoff quarterback or player ever. Stetson Bennett. So I think his career points to that, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the NFL Combine, and if that improves his stock at all. I think he's, I think he's a backup quarterback in the NFL, and maybe can even be in that starting role if you have some injuries there and you need to to use Stetson Bennett for a season. I think he can do that. I mean, he's shown that against the best competition in college, and Georgia plays the best competition in the SEC, and of course in the postseason the last couple of years, and he's played only great in those games. So. Let's see what happens here. I'm excited to watch this combine for these guys. I'm always, always, always excited to watch guys who get drafted high um, and with a lot of expectations to represent Georgia in the right way. Love to see it. Um, And we'll get some coverage and and more on draft profiles for these former Georgia Bulldogs here coming up soon. And then we'll be soon uh, with another episode of UJ Football Live with a former Georgia Bulldog uh, coming up on the Pulse Sports Network on YouTube. Of course, UGAWire.com is where you can find our Georgia football coverage. We appreciate you there. UGA Football Live on Twitter. I'm at JC underscore Shelton underscore on Twitter. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think about this Bobo hire um, and Stetson Bennett's profile and what you see as, as an in a prospective NFL quarterback. And we'll see you later. Go dogs.